Hello, hello, this is Jonathan and you're listening to the Johnny Talks Podcast, the place where we help you achieve your financial goals. Hola amigos, hope you're having a great day wherever you are. And if you're a new listener to the show, special warm welcome to you. I really appreciate you tuning into the show. And if you're a returning listener, welcome back. I appreciate it even more. In today's episode, we will speak to my new friend Isabel from the website Bell Around the World. Isabel is a digital nomad and a full-time traveler from Singapore who managed to convert her blogging hobby into her full-time activity. Isabel will explain to us how she monetizes her passion, photography and travel, how she collaborates with big brand names in the travel industry, which is a crowded space actually, and she will also share some challenges she faced during her travels. This episode is for you if you're looking at ways to monetize your passion, and as well, why not in combination with full-time traveling. So without further ado, let's hear the interview. Hello, Isabel. How are you doing today? Hi, I'm doing good. How are you? Yes, I'm uh, doing fine. I have the day off today, so it's uh, good because then now we can talk uh, in the middle of the afternoon for me while it's evening for you because you are currently in Singapore, if I'm uh, correct. Yeah, it's uh, around 8.30 here. Okay, good, good, good evening. And um, you're in Singapore, but that's not the only place that you are working from. Um, what I understand is that you're traveling around the world, usually. Yeah, so I am a full-time travel blogger. So essentially, I can be based anywhere and anytime. So kind of like a digital nomad as well, but... I blend what I like traveling with what I do. And and how is that going now? Um, more on the traveling side. How is that going now with COVID and stuff? I mean, are you still able to travel or you're in Singapore because you just can't travel? Yeah, I cannot travel at all. So it's been the longest time I've been in Singapore, which is I think coming to eight months. So in the past few years, I usually only come back a maximum of two weeks at each time. Mm-hmm. So right now, and during this whole COVID period, I really focus very heavily. I mean, it's a good thing as well, since I'm not on the road so much, then I can focus on my work and really doing up the back end of my work and catching up with some backlog, editing pictures and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's a really beautiful website. I've visited it and it's a really nice made, nicely made with beautiful pictures. And uh, <laughs> I got uh, hungry when I saw some pictures of some restaurants, especially the one in Costa Mesa. Uh, I really need to go there and I was almost going there. But uh, anyway, it's a beautiful website. You travel around the world, you make recommendations, you, you also partnered up with the hotels I saw. So tell us a little bit, what is it you're doing? Oh, thank you. First of all, thank you very much for your kind words. Yeah, so as a travel blogger, I earn primarily through my travel blog. I actually started out content writing. So I started out writing for other people in the beginning. So I kind of built um, my portfolio in writing. And because I really enjoy writing, I enjoy taking pictures. Mm -hmm. So this blog was born. In the beginning, I started it as a hobby. But eventually, I built up different digital marketing skills like social media, SEO, email marketing. So from there, I was able to build a solid, a stable audience. 
in a sense that I was able to earn from various income streams through my blog, like um, mm-hmm. running ads or doing brand collaborations, usually with travel brands or, or on the blog. Yeah, so that is primarily how I am able to sustain my income while blogging and traveling at the same time. Mm-hmm. So you never had the... Um like a corporate job uh, from nine to five, you started directly with freelancing, writing, producing content, and then going into uh, blogging or? I have been working in a full-time corporate job before. I was working in a public relations agency and also mm-hmm. a social media agency. And I actually got the social media agency job through my travel blog because I already had one foot in the door and I had personal experience managing my own social media. Oh, but that's great. So you you run a blog, you get a job thanks to the blog, and then <laughs> and then you yeah. quit the job to go back to the blog. Okay, that's, that's amazing. Yeah, exactly. Okay, that's good. And, and so how? why did you then actually do this? Why did you go from, uh, I mean, the full-time job, then back to your blog? I mean, did you make more money or what, what did you miss? Were you not happy at that company or what did you, yeah, what happened? <laughs> yeah. I have to say that having your own, having something that you own, you have kind of like a sense of ownership and a sense of belonging. And you're just personally more invested in in wanting it to succeed. Whereas when I was working in corporate jobs, I I felt like I was a hamster on the wheel. I didn't really feel much meaning and I didn't really derive that much meaning from my jobs. Mm-hmm. And then of course, in the whole blogging, it was about travel. And so I relished the opportunities to be able to travel more through my blog. And that was what gave me more opportunities to do. So I was able to travel more. Mm -hmm. And eventually I found that if I can, there are more benefits to my travel blog than if I were to be in the same corporate job if I was going to be able to earn the same salary, but reduce my work hours and still enjoy more working, Mm -hmm. why not just go to travel blogging full-time? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. If you can do what you love full-time, it's even better. And then Isabel, of course, some listeners will say, yeah, okay, that's beautiful. It's great, but it does not apply to me. I work in marketing and it's very difficult to get out of that hamster wheel or whatever. How can they start uh, developing income on the side or uh, what would you recommend? Yeah, so I actually also run a SEO course and I've met different people with different passions and have different motivations. But Mm -hmm. essentially, everyone wants to be able to have more control over their time and to do something that they're passionate about, right? Exactly. And so, yeah, and I so I always advocate that education is kind of the new form of marketing because because advertising people are nowadays people are primed to ignore ads so if you just put up different ads to showcase your brand or your business it tends to get less effective than if you were to educate your potential audience what mm-hmm. you're passionate about and so that is one way to really bank on if you want to grow your passions and turn your passions into kind of like a full-time job. Mm-hmm. So teaching about what you're passionate about. 
yeah, like if you enjoy making candle wax, you can teach people. If let's say your business is about selling candles, you can teach people how to make their own candles um, out of different ingredients, for mm-hmm. example. Yeah. Yeah, there's really just a whole spectrum of things that you can teach and share about. If you're passionate about coffee, you can tell everything about coffee and still be able to generate an income from it. Mm-hmm. Okay, very good. So actually, everybody has a passion, so everybody can teach or make a course about something they are passionate about anyway in the first place. So no, that, that's a good way to start, absolutely. And, and then, of course, you are specialized in SEO. We will not spend too much time on that, but can you explain a little bit what you do there just to, to give a flavor? Yeah, sure. So SEO, if you're not sure what the term means, it mm-hmm. is short for search engine optimization. And it's essentially various factors that affect whether your content ranks at the top of Google or not. So by applying SEO strategies, you will be able to get your content ranked higher on Google so that when people search for specific terms, your article or your YouTube video or your images can appear at the top of Google and be more visible and get more clicks and traffic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so your clients or your, the, I mean, the people that are following your course, they are more like bloggers and, and podcasters or uh, who are your uh, customers? Yeah, I have a fair share of bloggers, but there are also some online business owners as well. Okay. Who, mm-hmm. yeah, who are looking for different ways to kind of market and monetize their business better. So they turn to SEO and content. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, okay, I see. Okay, and then uh, Isabel, just one question, because when I read your, um, I will go then later on to the travel part, but just before we go into that, uh, I saw that you are partnering up with the hotels uh, mm-hmm. as part of, uh, it's one income stream, so one way of making money, one of the ways you make money. Uh, how do, how does that work? How do you uh, partner up with a hotel? I mean, these are big companies. How does a blogger specialized in SEO partner up with a big hotel? Yeah, of course. So as with all other businesses, right, um, mm-hmm. hotels and like airlines and tourism boards, they want more reach. They want to reach your audience. So by being able to find a fit between my audience and, for example, the hotels, I was able to secure collaborations like that to feature the property on my blog and my social media channels. Mm-hmm. And then with SEO, I could write a hotel review and rank that hotel review on Google so that if people are searching for a specific hotel and mm-hmm. its reviews, I'm able to um, rank at the top, get more eyes on it, and inevitably get more exposure, which is what the partnership is about. Okay, very good. Because then, you know, okay, travel blogging, I think you're not the only one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's no, a lot I mean, it's, it, it's a crowded space. I mean, it, yeah. it's like me, I, I talk about personal finance and many other people. I mean, it, it's very crowded. I mean, if you look YouTube, there's millions of channels, for example. So, how do you distinguish yourself? Is it really SEO than the way you set yourself apart for those partnerships, for example? Yeah, essentially it is. Mm-hmm. But I guess what my audience would follow me for is ultimately 
based on my personality yep. because mm-hmm. I can't really force people to read my articles or follow me if it's a dull personality. And also I pride myself on like really quality and informative content. So if you look at my blog, it's usually more than or around 2,000 words long and it's just really informative, unbiased reviews and travel guides, different different kinds of guides on my blog. So I have a question because, okay, now you cannot travel, but what are your future plans? Is it something you want to do for many years to come? Or what are your long-term plans in terms of uh, yeah, being a travel blogger? Because I don't know if you still want to do that within 10, 20 years. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe you'll settle down. Who knows? Yeah, it's quite hard to say right now, <laughs> but I like to just go with my gut and go with my flow. And right now, I still feel like there are a lot of experiences to be experienced. And that's something I kind of want to do in then maybe in for a few more years before I think about settling down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then you've been traveling for uh, in too many countries, uh, the US, Europe. I think you visited about 50 cities or 55, uh, then Asia, of course. What is one country, one experience that you enjoyed in particular? Out of the five continents, I would say New Zealand mm-hmm. because it holds a very fond memory in my heart. It was the first country that I really threw myself into for six months. So I took a working holiday visa and I just essentially stayed there for almost six months, Mm -hmm. traveling about and working over there. It was my first job overseas. So that's why it was a much slower pace of life as compared to when I'm constantly traveling. And I really got to immerse myself in the whole culture. Not... Yeah, not to mention the amazing landscapes there. <laughs> yeah, like the, like in The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings. Yeah, huh? <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, no, it's beautiful. I've never been there, but yeah, I've seen the movies. Everybody has seen them. It, it, it's amazing. It's it's a beautiful landscape. Uh, and then, how are you doing? You mentioned the the visa, but is it easy to travel? Uh, if you think Singapore has a good passport, so it opens many doors, but. Is it easy for you to, to stay in a country? How long do you usually stay in a country? And is it easy with the paperwork? Yeah, so this working holiday visa is partnership between Singapore and New Zealand, but they also mm-hmm. have it for many different countries. Like when I was there, there were a lot of German travelers and working holiday visa mm-hmm. people as well. Um, as for So with the New Zealand visa, I could stay up to six months. The same applies for Australia. So there is a working holiday visa for Australia as well. And then I also stayed in Japan for to base myself there as a digital nomad. But with my tourist visa, I was only able to stay there for three months at a time. Yeah. So every time the visa expires, I would just scoot off to some other new destination or come home for a brief bit and then go back there. Mm-hmm. Same okay. goes for USA as well. I have 90 days. Mm-hmm. And then, for example, for the taxes, how do you do that? Because you make income from where then? From Japan or Singapore? Or where oh. are you? Uh, how does that yeah. work? Yeah. So since I am from Singapore, I just deal with the Singapore side. Okay. I mm-hmm. don't deal with the foreign side of things. Yeah. 
Okay, so that that makes everything simpler, of course. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. And um, when you travel, for example, when you travel to Europe, you visited a lot of cities. What happens in case you fall sick? I don't know if it happened. I hope not. But if you break a leg, if you, I don't know what, uh, anything can happen. What what would you do? How yeah, you so covered? I have to tell... Yeah, I have to tell you this story. It was ah. quite <laughs> it was quite a major accident. It was on the new year of last year, mm-hmm. maybe. So I was skiing in Japan for my very first time. Yeah, I know I'm late to the party, but <laughs> it was my very first time skiing there. And I think it was on the third day or something. I actually took a very bad fall and I couldn't walk. So I, I twisted my knees, both my knees, Hold on. Mm-hmm. and the medical there wasn't great because they. I was in a more rural side of Japan, so the only form of communication is through Google Translate. <laughs> yeah, needless to say, it was a very tough time communicating and settling yeah. all the medical business. So, but I was very thankful that I got. Travel insurance, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, so with my travel insurance, they were able to cover all my medical expenses abroad. And when I went back to my country as well, as well as the flights. So I I pre-booked my flight back home to seek medical attention. Okay. And so your travel insurance, it's from um, Singapore or is it from, uh, is it just international or how did you? Um, yeah, it, it was a... It was a Singapore travel insurance, but okay. I've, I've, for my upcoming trip, I would be going with Safety Wing because Safety Wing covers COVID-related medical expenses as well. So I'm going to give that a try. Mm-hmm. And also it's geared towards digital nomads, so they have pretty flexible plans. Mm-hmm. And then I have a, one question because I've seen your pictures. Traveling by yourself, it's great. I mean, I've done it myself, not for such long periods, but uh, you know, when you're alone, you you explore more, you you get in touch more with the local people or fellow travelers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but isn't it boring at some point to be by yourself or do you just make friends? How, how do you deal with that? Yeah, I have to agree. It doesn't get as exciting as when you first started. Usually I do a mix of travel between with myself and with people that I meet overseas. And also because in the travel blogging community, everybody is quite global. So I'm able to get in touch with some local friends, some local online friends when I'm traveling. Okay. So you you have some groups or uh, Facebook groups or uh, any websites yeah, yeah. that you can connect. And, you, and for example, you say, hey, I'm going to... Uh, to Tallinn, Estonia, and then maybe you you meet somebody that is there at the same time or something like this. Yeah, exactly. Um, mm-hmm. There's also there's also couchsurfing that I used in the past when I was doing my Europe trip as a student. That is a great way to meet local friends. There are also Facebook groups nowadays that offer to host and to take people around when you visit their home country. Yeah, and I know uh, okay, that there's many ways actually to meet people. Huh? So it's true that, um, you know, there's culture thing. And now apparently, since I spoke to a, a friend of mine, Martin, here on the podcast, there's as well Airbnb experiences, which are cancelled, I think, due to COVID. But 
you can go somewhere to some place and learn about uh, dancing, visit something. I mean, it's organized. It's an activity you pay. I mean, he, he organizes uh, coffee tours in Toronto. So mm. there's many possibilities to meet people. Yeah, but I just wanted to ask because, you know, when I travel, sometimes I've been by myself for a couple of days. It's okay. But then I miss having somebody for lunch or uh, for food. And yeah. Um, yeah, so sometimes it can get a bit lonely. I just wondered how you dealt with that. Okay, very good. And then Isabel, more happy stuff. So when <laughs> COVID is over, or I don't know if it, it will ever go over, but what are your uh, future travel plans? Yeah, I'm really excited to talk about this because ah. I <laughs> a month ago, I the flight and then two weeks ago, I got canceled. Mm. So that was such a bummer. And then I booked another flight. So my current plan, if all goes smoothly, is to go to the US. I'm going to stay with my friend who has an RV for a bit mm -hmm. and then go to Colorado and do some hiking and rock climbing and then meet up with another um, travel blogger friend around California to do like a mini road trip again. <laughs> Oh, okay, that that sounds excellent. That sounds excellent. And then, so while you you do this, you you will travel, but you will also work at the same time. So that's how you that's how you uh, roll. <laughs> yeah, that's essentially that. Yes. Mm. Okay. Well, that that's fantastic. And then, um, what are your plans with the blog? So you okay now it's uh, getting many views. I saw you have some objectives for yourself to get more viewers, to get a better response, to have the visitors stay longer on the website. Uh, what are you working on? I mean, where is Bell Around the World going? Yeah, Bell Around the World is my travel blog. Right now, the content is kind of running dry. So I am focusing more on the teaching side of things, mm -hmm. teaching other people more about content marketing and email and social media. So that is the immediate cause of action. But as soon as travel resumes, I'll be able to get more content with different destinations, talking about different food guides as well. And I'm also quite excited to try out van life, which is something I've been projecting for this whole year, but I couldn't do because of COVID. Mm -hmm. Okay, I see, I see. Okay, now uh, I think that's very good. And then maybe one last question before we close up. It's... Um, Where do, where do you get um, ideas for inspiration for traveling? I mean, uh, where, how do you decide for your next destination? Oh, that's hard. I kind of get it from everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes I read blogs, sometimes through Instagram, sometimes watching YouTube videos. And my latest obsession is just looking at van life conversions. So that <laughs> is something that um, I want to do. And I also know that because I grew up, I grew up in Singapore, which is an urban city. So I've always had this tendency of wanting to get out more in the wild and experience things I've never done before. Mm -hmm. So yeah, my direction is always headed that way. Mm -hmm. mm. Okay. Is there one place that you really want to see, but you haven't uh, been able to visit yet? Um, I would say Colorado is quite high up on my list because I've been rock climbing for over 10 years. Mm -hmm. But in Singapore, you only climb plastic rocks. So <laughs> I've always wanted to get out there and be able to climb more natural rocks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, I've, I've been to Singapore myself as well, two times actually. 
No, yeah. it's, it's really nice. It's really, I really enjoyed my time there. But yeah, it's true that uh, yeah, if you want to do rock climbing or uh, some stuff <laughs> yeah. like that. No, it's, it's all not, skyscrapers, uh, unless you're exactly. Spider-Man. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, you need to be Spider-Man in order to uh, <laughs> do some climbing in Singapore. Okay, very yeah. good. So Isabel, yeah, thank you very much. I think this was uh, yeah, very inspiring to hear your story and how you managed to live the life you want based on your um, on your passion. I think that's quite great. And and hopefully some uh, some of the listeners can draw some inspiration of this to maybe visit your site, uh, get started with teaching others how they want to do, um, how they can do their fulfill their passion and monetize it. Who knows? I think that's quite great. And otherwise, get inspiration. I think I found my next destination as well by reading your website. <laughs> so that's great. And uh, as you know, Isabel, we always have our three quick fire questions at the end of the show. Are you ready? Yeah, bring it on. Okay, cool, good. So, uh, Isabel, we didn't really talk about books, but what uh, is your favorite book? Well, I have been... This is quite a popular book, but I found it really effective um, for anyone who wants to set out their own passions. It's called The 4-Hour Week by Tim Ferriss. Mm -hmm. But if you are looking or if your listeners are looking more into the mindset wellness, I highly recommend this book by Mark and Angel Chernoff. It's called 1000 Little Things Happy Successful People Do Differently. Ah, okay, that, that sounds good. Okay, the four-hour work week, it has been mentioned several times here. It's one of my own favorites. Mm -hmm. I really enjoy it. Yeah. And it's not only about traveling and working less. It, it, it's just about being productive. And uh, it, there's a lot of uh, wisdom in there. So I really enjoy it. And then the other book, uh, 1,000 um, Small Little Things That People, what was it? <laughs> 1,000 Little Things little Happy things. Successful People Do Differently. Okay. But I never really heard of this one. So I'll uh, look it up. Anyway, I'll link it up in the show notes. But that's, that's quite interesting. And then actually my, um, uh, let's go to the next question. Is there one investment that you've made that, um, yeah, that, that has been the best so far? Yeah, I would say it's really important to invest time in myself, mm -hmm. taking time out for myself to pay attention to my health and wellness and setting my mindset straight and really listening and knowing what my gut wants. Because mm -hmm. a lot of the time our decisions uh, led by social obligations or external circumstances that it can sometimes drown out the voice inside of ourselves. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, I noticed that when I'm back in my home city, Singapore, that when I am making decisions, sometimes it's really based on what other people want more than myself versus when I travel, like when I'm on a plane or when I'm in the countryside or in the wild and wilderness, there are no distractions and the pace is slower. And I actually have time to listen to myself, think. And I realized that I have another side of me that has been subconsciously suppressed. Mm -hmm. One that is totally independent from what I would normally do in, when I'm back home in Singapore, like my own personal goals and aspirations and my own set of thinking. Yeah, it's true that we live in a fast-paced world. So sometimes, uh, yeah, I think it's good to that you can have this uh, uh, time to reflect, maybe a bit more on your choices. Or uh, and, and and I think it helps. It's not, and it is not necessarily that you um, refuse 
or that you want to rebel against society, but yeah. it's more like that you want to make more con conscious uh, choices. Conscious. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. mm. Okay, no, no, uh, yeah, I can agree with that. And then the last question, uh, Isabel, uh, what has been the best purchase you've made for under $100? Hmm. I guess I would say my hosting domain mm -hmm. because without starting a blog and paying for it to look professional, I wouldn't be where I am today. Mm -hmm. But like on a more personal level, I will not be able to live without my journal planner mm -hmm. because I like to write my ideas down as and when I think of them. And I also like to journal my thoughts. So that is something that helps keep me safe, sane and productive. So yeah, definitely recommend it. Okay, very good. And then Isabel, how can the listeners find you? Are you on, um, well, you have your website, obviously. Are you on social media as well? Yeah, it's um, Bell Around the World, but the around is spelled as A-R-D. So you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, basically every social media platform. Okay, very good. I'll uh, link everything up in the show notes. And Isabel, I want to thank you again so much for... Uh, Yeah, being a wonderful guest on the show today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jonathan. I hope that you enjoyed this episode and that it was inspiring to you. And before we head off, as usual, let's go to the key takeaways for today. So number one, a hobby can actually become a full-time activity by adding the right skills. In the case of Isabel, these were digital skills like SEO skills. And these are the type of skills that can help you secure several streams of income for your passion. Number two, what she said about starting for herself. When a project or a business is your own, you will want it to succeed more than if you were doing it for someone else. Number three, here's an idea to monetize your passion. Why don't you teach about it? Teach about something you're passionate about. And that can be everything. As she mentioned, it can be making candles, it can be gardening tips, it can be playing an instrument, cooking classes, you name it. Number four, and yes, The online world is a crowded space, whatever your niche, your branch, your industry or your passion. So what will help you differentiate yourself from others is actually, as Isabel said, it's your personality, your point of view, what makes you unique. And last but not least, when thinking about uh, those travel bloggers like Isabel or other people who are traveling full time, it paints a beautiful picture. It's inspiring. It's a beautiful photos. But it comes as well with some difficulties, so or some challenges, I would say. Traveling solo, which is great because you have all the flexibility, you do what you want. And sometimes it can maybe feel lonely. You would like to share some moments with someone else. And then there's the language barriers that she had in Japan. So yeah, this all those things can happen, plus maybe cultural shocks, which we didn't talk about. So there's as well this uh, aspects to think about. But on overall, in the end, those experiences will help you get out of your comfort zone, will make you more resilient, more resourceful, but it might not suit everyone's lifestyle and preferences. So that was it for today. Thank you so much for listening. It really means a lot to me. Make sure you subscribe in Apple Podcast. And of course, please do not hesitate to contact me if you have any questions or feedback. Send me an email, john at johnnytalks.com or connect through social media at johnnytalks on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And amigos, once more, thanks so much for listening and I'll speak to you next time.